Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program. We've made it almost to the weekend. Big high school slate of games tonight. Headlined by New Albany at Floyd Central. The intra-county rivalry renews itself tonight up at the Highlander Gymnasium. Uh, Tickets still available, I'm told, and will be sold at the Floyd Central High School main office today until the 3 p.m. hour, and then doors will open for any remaining tickets to be sold at 5 p.m. with the JV game set for 6 and varsity around 7.30. If you can't make it out, I know we're supposed to get some weather. It's not winter weather either. It's uh, concerning uh, maybe tornadic-type wind activity tonight, so uh, something to keep an eye on for sure. But if you're not making it out to the game, uh, we'll be live from Floyd Central I think around 7.10 is when our pregame coverage will begin. But we look, this will be our first high school broadcast of the season. And what a better way to kick it off than uh, with a big rivalry matchup like this one, two very even teams, at least so far in the regular season. And and historically, uh, all time, New Albany would have a reasonable edge over Floyd Central. But in the last number of years, Uh, really, really tight games between these two rivalries. And so uh, we'll take a look at things coming up here in just a bit about this new Albany-Floyd Central game tonight. Also, uh, last night, Purdue-Rutgers, an outstanding Big Ten basketball game. The live at the number one spot, the opportunity to be the top-ranked team in the country was like, what, a four-day span for Purdue? They're obviously going to fall after just a crazy series of big baskets to close that game in the final 30 seconds or so. But ultimately, Ron Harper Jr.'s uh, near half-court shot uh, goes in and Rutgers scores the win. I did not realize this, and I want to make sure I heard this correctly last night, but Rutgers, who was 4-4 four and four heading into that game against Purdue, a home game for them, uh, I think they said they'd had like nine or ten straight sellouts going back uh, to last season, maybe. And I did not realize that Rutgers, with you know up and down records and kind of a newcomer still in the Big Ten, had any kind of crowd or anything. But when they won, obviously there was a huge amount of students, especially that made their way onto the court as they rushed the floor. Uh, but I didn't realize that uh, Rutgers get that got that kind of crowd at at their home basketball games. But apparently they've. Had a pretty nice streak going, and obviously wins like last night over number one Purdue in the fashion it happened will do nothing but uh, help your crowds, you would think, moving forward in some future games. But uh, that was kind of a highlight of Thursday night hoops, and that sets us up for what should be a great weekend of both some college and high school games 
this weekend. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we have some headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. And then later, Dylan Wallen, he's Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He will join us as we chat the latest with IU basketball. And there's some football news to get to as well. IU is in the running for a 2022 quarterback. We'll, we'll discuss that here in just a moment. Also, later in the hour, Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star checks in. We'll talk recruiting and high school hoops with Kyle in the latter part of our program today. And that's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Big Tam in New Albany. And as always, the Thornton's text line is open. The number, all you got to do, just like a text anyone else, send us a message, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. I think yesterday, uh, coming off the Wisconsin loss for the Hoosiers on Wednesday night, our Thursday show, we had more text in that hour. I couldn't even get to all of them uh, during the show, but appreciate them. Do our best to work all of them in if it's a question or comment for one of our guests. I would love to start getting some more input from listeners on the local stuff. I know I hear from you that you enjoy we talk about some of the high school basketball stuff in the area because it is still special here in southern Indiana. But maybe you've got a prediction on New Albany and Floyd Central tonight. Maybe you've got a thought on another big game in the area or something you've seen so far this high school hoop season. So don't be shy in sending those in as well. We get dominant IU text into the text line during this show, but we'd love to hear from you on some local stuff as well. And again, that number is 502-414-1450. Don't forget Thornton's is your perfect stop for all of the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. All right, let's get into our headlines uh, for this Friday. And I mentioned this yesterday at the very end of the show, but I want to give it a little bit more of a mention today. Uh, IU, Coach Dane Fife, for the second time, is planning to head over to Finland to watch a player named Myro Little, who is a point guard in the 2023 class. Six foot four is his height, but even more impressive, I think I saw somewhere he's got a six foot eight wingspan. But for Indiana to just send a coach overseas for a day or two, uh, so they can watch him and visit with his family. Obviously shows that there's some interest there. Uh, according to Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com, who reported this, Indiana working to get Little uh, in the States for a visit to Bloomington when the opportunity allows. He obviously is in the course of his season as well. They don't have high school basketball in Finland. It's a club situation, so he's playing for a club team of others uh, in his age group. But uh, obviously a, a player of interest, never seen him on film, haven't seen any highlights of him. But from what we read, he sounds like he would be someone that is uh, already somewhat ready as far as his body goes for the Big Ten Conference. He's a physical type guard, also quick, also can shoot it, I understand as well, in addition to being a point guard that can run the offense and handle the basketball. So an interesting prospect. Indiana's, oh, they've went down the path maybe for international players before, uh, even under Archie Miller, but never uh, too serious. This seems to be Indiana going all out for the Finland point guard named Myro Little. Also, uh, IU football, a couple things to mention here in our headlines. It was made official yesterday by IU, something that we've known basically since early this week. 
and that is that Walt Bell is going to be the new offensive coordinator for the Hoosiers. Former UMass head coach, he's been at a number of other high major programs as well. And to be quite honest, his uh, welcome to Indiana has been mixed with various opinions that uh, maybe he's the safe approach for Tom Allen uh, coming off the season that he had. He's definitely not a newcomer or a young uh, creative, offensive-type mind in college football. He's someone that's been in this game now for a while, both as a head coach and an offensive coordinator. So we'll see how that plays out, and obviously we'll learn more about Bell as off-season activities begin for IU football. But it's official now from the university that Coach Bell will uh, fill that vacant spot after Tom Allen decided to make some changes. And now we'll see if there's any ripple effect. Uh, will Walt Bell bring anyone in with him? Will there be any other off-season changes? You would think that the time, the clock is ticking, if there will be any changes uh, in addition to uh, the, the uh, Sheridan departure for IU football that we would learn about here in the coming weeks. Also, another IU football note, you know, Michael Penix Jr. entered the transfer portal earlier this week. I think there was some mixed thoughts on that. Some surprised, some seem not so surprised that he's choosing to uh, check out what else may be out there for him uh, in college football. And, of course, the big shock to me, and I guess it really shouldn't be because this is just how college football recruiting goes, but Josh Hoover, a 2022 recruit from Texas, decommitted uh, on signing day and then signed with TCU uh, and, and obviously spurned the Hoosiers. So Indiana in the market for a quarterback, even though they've got a couple on the roster returning for next season. And there's a name that has emerged very strongly here in the last 24 hours or so. His name is Tanner Bailey, and he's from Gordo, Alabama, passed for 6,200 yards and 71 touchdowns over his career, and has got uh, some college interest. He recently decommitted uh, from Oregon after they had a coaching change. He's had offers from a lot of SEC schools, Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Florida State, Michigan, Duke, and others as well have offered him scholarships, but he's going to be taking a visit to Indiana this weekend and sounds to be uh, interested in the Hoosiers. So this could be a nice, very, very late pickup, not through the transfer portal, but through the recruiting, uh, normal recruiting process or somewhat normal recruiting process. So we'll keep an eye on this QB prospect, a four-star quarterback prospect uh, named Tanner Bailey, who will be in Bloomington this weekend. A couple other things to get to. New Albany Floyd Central tonight will be on the air at 7:10 with our pregame coverage. Josh Cook had a great story in the News and Tribune earlier today, and I knew that you know New Albany had won like 20 games, I think it was exactly in a row between uh, some years just the regular season matchup, other years there would be a matchup between the Bulldogs and the Highlanders and Seymour as well. And if you think back to recent years. Think Romeo Langford for New Albany, Sean East as well. Think Kobe Barnes for Floyd Central and some of the other great players that they had. We were treated to not only a regular season matchup, but some really good games up at Seymour as well. Some of those uh, with a trip to the regional on the line and just great, great, great battles of a high school basketball game. So I knew more recently the series has been really close, but Josh Cook did a great job breaking it down. Uh, since the 2017-18 season, that's when Romeo was a senior, uh, New Albany has won three games against Floyd Central, and the Highlanders have won three games against New Albany. Uh, in that three games that New Albany uh, has won, uh, they won those three games by a total 
of 13 points. So that tells you for the three wins New Albany has had in this period, uh, 13 total points have decided the outcome. Now for Floyd Central's three victories, 12 points have decided the outcome. So that lets you know, uh, you know, if you break that down by score, by season, by game, that's really amazing how close the games have been. Also, over those six games that the schools have split, New Albany has scored in those contests a total of 265 points. Guess how many points the Highlanders have scored in that same six games? 265 points. So tonight will not only break this 3-3 deadlock in the last few seasons or six seasons, whatever it is, but it will also break some other deadlocks between these rivals as well. And uh, going to be a lot of fun. New Albany 2-2, two and two, Floyd Central 2-0. and oh. And, of course, this is also an early season Hoosier Hills Conference game tonight. And uh, 44 points is something to pay attention to, uh, Josh wrote today in that story, because that is what both teams have averaged over the last six seasons. So maybe the first one to 44 in a defensive battle type of a basketball game tonight will be the winner, but it should be a good one. Floyd Central, I've said all along, is the favorite. I think Floyd Central with their height and length and some of the returning players they had back from last year, plus the real, I don't want to say addition, but the growth uh, both in height and his uh, abilities of uh, Wesley Sella Husky, uh, the big man, seven-footer for the Highlanders. Uh, I think they're just going to be really good as they come together, but they've only played two games so far and still working through some early season things. So we'll see how it plays out tonight. New Albany's had ups and downs already playing four games but last weekend was good, and kind of to add more to the mystery of tonight's game, both teams played Evansville-Harrison last weekend. New Albany played the Warriors on Friday at home. Uh, Floyd Central played the uh, Evansville-Harrison team on Saturday afternoon down at the uh, shootout at USI. And both uh, teams trailed. In fact, uh, New Albany was down 12 or 13 points in the third quarter, came back to win it. In regulation, Floyd Central was down at the end of the ball game, and he basically used a, a kind of Christian Leitner-esque play to get it all the way down the court to the big man, Sella Husky, who was able to put it in the hoop and tie the game up force overtime. Floyd Central would go on to win in the overtime period. So even looking at the mutual opponent so far this season, there's reason to believe this should be a really good game tonight. So make sure you get your ticket, get out to uh, uh, this high school basketball rivalry. Be thankful that fans can be back in the gym in a normal basis for this game. And let's see if we can't have a sellout crowd for this rivalry game tonight. And again, we'll be on the air with our pregame coverage at 7:10 this evening and tip off in that contest scheduled the varsity game that is for uh, 7:30 tonight. Couple other games of note: North Harrison is at Silver Creek tonight. I think North Harrison has a fine ball club this season. They are 3-0. and That game is also an early season Mid-Southern Conference game of interest. Jeffersonville at Seymour, early Hoosier Hills Conference game tonight as well. Seymour appears to be improved and better. Kirk Manns, the coach there, I mentioned earlier in the week, he's a former Michigan State player, a, a really a good high school basketball player back in his day at North Judson here from in the Hoosier State. And I understand tonight Coach Grants, I was texting with him a little bit last night, he's under the weather and not going to be able to coach the game tonight for the Red Devils. So I'm sure that is 
miserable for him to be sick and also unavailable to lead his team tonight. But Jeff will be at Lloyd E. Scott Gymnasium uh, for the game against Seymour Scottsburg, our team of the week this past week. They're at Brownstown Central tonight, Christian Academy at Rock Creek. That's another rivalry game in the area. There's a lot of connection over the year between those two schools and a lot of success as well from both of those schools in the local 1A sectional. And they'll square off tonight in a local battle to get uh, things started as well. And Clarksville at Charlestown tonight. Borden at South Central. Providence at Lanesville tonight. Henryville at Austin. And Crawford County is at Eastern Pekin. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Dylan Wallace, he's sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, will join us. And we'll talk about IU hoops and a little IU football. Send in your questions and comments, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Friday edition of the program. Dylan Wallace, uh, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. And, Dylan, we've got all sorts of stuff to get to from an IU basketball and IU football perspective. A reminder, the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Texter writes in, Rutgers home court only holds 9,050 people. Well, that may explain uh, what I said in the first segment, that I was pretty sure the television uh, announcers last night were complimenting Rutgers on a great environment that they've had like 10 or 12 sellouts in a row. And uh, so a little bit easier to sell things out when you've only got 9,000-plus seats to fill. So thanks for that information. And, uh, Dylan, let's jump into things. Uh, IU basketball coming off of a loss to Wisconsin earlier this week and the number one team in the country and from the Big Ten Conference, the Purdue Boilermakers, they go to Rutgers last night. A crazy finish, a crazy game, big shots both ways, but none bigger than Ron Harper Jr.'s shot just inside the half-court line to win it for Rutgers. Yeah, uh, I think it's just we're seeing that it's hard to win on the road in the Big Ten. It's something we've known for a while. I mean, I remember uh, I think two years ago, the Big Ten, I think, through like at least January, like all the home teams had won every single game they played inside the inside the conference. Um, so you know, we, we we see it every year that you know the road environments in the Big Ten are usually always are always pretty good. Uh, we obviously know Indiana has a good one, Purdue has a good one, Rutgers one was really good last night. Um, the Cole Center, I, I've been there before, didn't think it was a great environment, but it's also the same day that the Wisconsin football team was in the Big Ten championship, so maybe a lot of the fans were were in Indianapolis, but. Uh, yeah, the Indiana one was tough, um, especially because of how well they looked and they played and they executed in the first half. I mean, it really looked like a team that was like, "Wow, like this is this is awesome. This is a great style of basketball." They are really taking it to Wisconsin. They're really just coming out here and just kind of punching them in the face, and it was awesome. 
Um, but, you, you know, you knew, hey, you, you got to come out. You got to stay focused. You got to be able to just close things out here in the second half. And uh, that was definitely the worst half of basketball this team has played this season. Um, you know, I know the first half of Syracuse was tough, obviously, but they, they still did some things to keep themselves in the game. Um, against Wisconsin, I mean, they just totally collapsed. Everything went wrong. Um, you know, their best players really struggled. David Johnson really struggled. Trace Jackson Davis really struggled. Uh, Ray Thompson had some good putbacks, but he also a little struggled. Um, and it just wasn't good, you know. And, and it's not like Wisconsin did anything insanely magical or anything like that, you know. They, they didn't play it all that well. They just they just kind of played a little bit harder. They made a little bit more shots. And, uh, you know, Indiana just played so bad that they were able to, you know, take the lead and win the game. So that was really tough. But, yeah, I mean, uh, fun week, uh, fun first to kind of December games and, and Big Ten play. You know, that Rutgers win was awesome. Uh, I had a feeling kind of going into it, like, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if Rutgers just wins this. They did it without Geo Baker as well. So, you know, that that's also kind of really impressive for them. So, you know, I guess I guess we'll probably see another shift in the polls uh, on uh, on Monday. You know, Purdue might be, not be number one anymore, and uh, we've kind of seen number one team kind of fluctuate here the first couple of weeks of college basketball, uh, which shows that, hey, there's a lot of parity going on, there's a lot of excitement, and that's a good thing. I'll tell you what, these last few Indiana games – I mean, they've been a lot of fun. The Marshall game going back to the end of November, or I guess November 27th, was was competitive. And, of course, Trace Jackson Davis was just unbelievable that game. Then Syracuse, the double overtime contest. Indiana did not win, but there was a lot of fight. Then Nebraska to open the Big Ten season at Assembly Hall. IU gets a, a win and looked pretty good in that game, except for the opening frame of the game. And then the Wisconsin game, you think, my goodness, Indiana's gonna gonna bury Wisconsin at the Cole Center. They're not just gonna end this losing streak in Madison tonight. They're gonna do it in a big way. And then it ends up being a thriller that goes the opposite way down the stretch. After these exciting stretch here, this exciting stretch we've had, now it's back to mid major Merrimack for a game I hate, a game time I hate, Sunday at noon. Uh, this weekend, so a uh, lot less of a environment uh, and excitement surrounding this next one, but it's a chance for IU to get back and figure some things out. Maybe we'll see some other guys that have been lost a little bit as far as playing time goes get opportunities, but definitely not a, a big one coming up on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, we're kind of back to the, the first six games or whatever, you know, kind of getting into that. And, you know, I think they'll they'll play Merrimack Sunday. Then you got Notre Dame and the Crosswoods Classic. A game Indiana should win, but at least, you know, a little bit more of a, a high-stakes game, I guess. And then, you know, it's a little bit easier from there until you get to January, and that's when, you know, you ramp it up. You go to Big Ten play. I think they go to Penn State, and they host Ohio State uh, to kick off January. So uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a nice month, especially with, with what happened in that second half of Wisconsin. This could be a really important month for Indiana just to get things right, learn how to win a little bit more because that's clearly been the issue so far. You know, you saw them have a, a four-point lead um, at, at the in the second overtime against Syracuse, and, and they couldn't hang on to that. Um, you know, they lead by 22 against Wisconsin; they can't hang on to that. Just learning how to win, doing you know, finding ways to make winning plays at the end of games um, is going to be important. And this next month, I mean, I, they might not be in a whole lot of close games, but as long as they continue to work. Get, get to know each other better, you know, that might just help a little bit more as, as they head into January. So, yeah, I mean, not, nothing that will pop out on the schedule, but uh, these games could really help them. And as you said, you know, maybe we'll see some guys get back into the rotation. I don't know if Christian Lander is hurt. I mean, I know against Nebraska people were saying, oh, he had, like, wrap around his ankle. Um, no one said anything from the program. And then, you know, when Mike Woodson was asked about, 
you know, playing Lander over over Finnessy and against Wisconsin, he said it didn't even cross his mind. So um, that that was interesting, and it makes me think that he's not hurt. He's just not maybe doing enough in practice to, to show that he can get on the court. But I think what we all saw from him, um, you know, against Syracuse, again in some other games, he didn't look like he was at least ready to be a serviceable player this season. So uh, yeah, well, that'll be interesting to kind of see and look out for. Anthony Lee obviously has been. Uh, a lot more, you know, in the rotation. He was playing in the in the final minutes in the down the stretch uh, against Wisconsin. So, uh, still still kind of learning how the rotation is going to shake out. I like to see Michael Durgis in more minutes. I think he did some good things against Wisconsin. Um, but if they want to save him for Big Ten play, we might not see that a whole lot in the next month. But you know, yeah, it's a lot of interesting things. And Indiana should uh, should not lose again until January. But uh, you know, I say should not, but we'll see. You know, hopefully this team can uh, pull things together and and string together a couple wins here to close out the month. Dylan, um, I tell you what, as we look at the biggest uh, obstacles so far of this team, uh, I'm not so sure that most people, fans and and media and otherwise, wouldn't say it comes in the backcourt for this team. Xavier Johnson, Rob Finnessy, you touched some on that, and Christian Lander as well. Uh, there just has been some shaky moments. There have been some good moments, especially from Xavier Johnson, but there have been some shaky moments uh, from Johnson as well. Uh, and, of course, we know Rob Finnessy has just been inconsistent. Christian Lander, kind of still not enough uh, sample size of him, I think, so far to know exactly what to expect. But is, is backcourt play and consistency from half to half and game to game the biggest issue uh, surrounding IU basketball right now with the Notre Dame game and Big Ten Conference play ahead? Yeah, I think it definitely is. You know, that's kind of been the, the big thing for them and what's kind of swung games um, is how the point guards are playing. Um, you know, Xavier Johnson, sometimes when he gets into foul trouble, that hurts the team. Um, you know, and, and, and we've seen it kind of when he, you know, I think it's against St. John's is a great example. You know, he's playing really well, gets into foul trouble, can't play. And then when he comes in in the last couple of minutes, he really kind of helps Indiana close that game out. And you're like, wow, if only he could stay on the floor a little bit longer. And then you have games like uh, Wednesday night, really solid first half from Xavier Johnson. He struggled in the second half. Um, and, you know, I, I think a lot of people were pretty harsh on him. And, and, you know, he didn't play that all that well. But I was just kind of a little bit confused on why all, they just kept running high ball screens for Xavier Johnson with Trace Jackson Davis. Wisconsin wasn't going to let the lob, you know, to the rim off the off the roll. They weren't letting that happen. And they just kept running it over and over. And, I, and you know, it was kind of putting it in Xavier's hands, trying to get him downhill into the paint. But, you know, they just kept doing it, and it clearly wasn't working, but they kept going back to it. And, you know, sometimes maybe maybe they should have just tried to post up Trace Jackson Davis a little more. I know he was missing some shots. Um, and, you know, that they they obviously – Trace and Race had to be a little bit better against Wisconsin's front, who are just not anybody spectacular. You know, they should have been able to dominate those guys. So uh, there were a couple things there that were interesting. But, yeah, I mean, the, the point guard play has been um, really inconsistent. And I think we all knew Xavier Johnson would be kind of up and down, inconsistent. I think they're all hopes for Finnessy could could you know flourish a little more in this offense, but that just hasn't been the case so far. Lander hasn't really seen the floor in the last couple of games. You know, is, is Tamar Bates ready to handle the ball? Have a little bit more responsibility with that? Doesn't seem like it, but you know, if if, if those three guys aren't able to do it, maybe maybe Bates has to kind of try to become more of a more of a creator. You know, and you know, Parker Short Miller Cop are going to be you know. Sh- you know, shooters, spot up shooters. You know, cop can do a little bit more off the dribble, but you know, aside from 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 that, you know, you need the, the point guards to be able to step up and and make plays and not turn the ball over. You know, not take bad shots, get get Indiana into the offense, get guys good looks. 
Um, and, and that's just been a big issue so far. Um, and, and, you know, that was a, a huge thing down the stretch against Wisconsin. Indiana just could not do anything on offense. And that started with Xavier Johnson trying to get him into it. So, yeah, it's been pretty inconsistent. And um, I think coming into the year, we were all like, wow, there's finally some guard depth with this team. And now we're, you know, eight, eight nine games in. And it's like, wait, is, is there really guard depth? I mean, it seems like it's it's been difficult to, to find a consistent guard to be night in, night out, the, the point guard Indiana needs. So, uh, yeah, I, I do agree that that's probably the biggest concern right now because heading into a game, you know, if, if you have good Xavier Johnson, you know, the team's probably going to look pretty good. They're probably going to do pretty well. Um, but if, if you don't have good Xavier Johnson and you have to rely on Rob Finney and Christian Lander to come off the bench and provide minutes, that could be a good thing. You know, they could come in and do good things. But, you know, more often than not, it, it's just a little bit too inconsistent. So, yeah, that, that's the big thing for Dan to, to clean up. And, you know, Mike Woodson always says he coaches his point guards hard. So I'm sure, you know, it's been a, it's been a hard, hard weeks of practice for them. And, and, you know, we'll see how they respond on Sunday. You know, they should obviously be, be just fine. But, uh, you know, against Notre Dame, will they play better? You know, you hope so. So, yeah, it's going to be an important month for those guys to continue to develop because they're very important to this team. Talking with Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. I want to get some football stuff on with you quickly. Uh, Michael Penix in the transfer portal. The IU commit down in Texas flipped and signed with TCU earlier this week. But it sounds like there's hope to add a very intriguing four-star quarterback who's going to be on campus this week, a name that is, I think, fairly new to IU football recruiting, but it's Tanner Bailey from down in Alabama. It's amazing how quickly some of this late stuff can stir up when there's been you know, players enter the portal and players uh, decommit and just different things that have happened. All of a sudden, IU finds itself in for a quarterback that you wouldn't expect IU to be involved with after the season they had. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's it, it's just pretty crazy, you know, how quickly things have just flipped from, you know, September to now. Um, you know, we thought Michael Penix was the guy. If he had a really good year, he'd probably maybe go to the NFL anyways. And But, you know, you know, just things, you know, I don't blame him for transferring. I think, you know, it's probably the right move for him. Just so many, you know, four seizing any injuries in his career here at Indiana. Um, and he did a lot of really fun things. You know, he gave the program a lot of cool moments. And, you know, hopefully he, he goes and succeeds wherever wherever he goes to, to play at. Um, and then, you know, Jack Tuttle, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, he had, he's had some solid moments, but he still hasn't shown that he could be the guy, the quarterback to lead the program. And he's not, he's obviously dealt with a, a number of injury issues as well. You know, Donovan McCauley just clearly needs some more time to develop. Indiana did not even want to throw the ball with him. Um, so then you then you go down and, you know, Dexter Williams was a guy who was going to be his second year here. He tore his ACL before the season started. So he probably would have been the third string ahead of McCauley if he didn't get hurt. So, you know, now he's probably still injured. And now, you know, yeah, the, the Hoover kid, he, he decommits. And, you know, now all of a sudden Indiana really needs a quarterback because, hey, a lot of the, the, the you know, Taiwan Mullen, Devon Matthews, Jalen Williams, you know, a lot of Indiana's good defensive players are coming back. So I think, you know, if they can get a quarterback, you know, you hope that they can, you know, salvage some things and be a little bit better next season. So uh, that's going to be very important. But, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to kind of see Tanner Bailey. You know, he's a, he's a four-star from Alabama, as you said. You know, if they they can bring guys in, you know, I think we, we saw it really with basketball this offseason, just how quickly you can kind of turn things around with the transfer portal rules. And now we're going to see it a lot with football, especially with how many football players there are, how many guys are on the team. You know, a lot of guys can just flip become immediately eligible, transfer somewhere, and, and kind of do it that way. So uh, it's going to be – we're going to see a lot of it uh, this offseason. And Indiana, you know, needs to use it, uh, honestly, because, you know, for, for Indiana to really get better and kind of try to save – and try to kind of contain the momentum that they, that they built up from the last two years, not this year, 
Um, they got to go to the transfer portal and get some, and get some get some players because you know as good as recruiting classes as you have, you know you want to develop those guys. You can't always ask every single one of them to come in right their freshman year and be you know a playmaker. So you got to go to the transfer portal and, and find difference makers for your team because that's what Indiana really is going to have to do to be able to you know kind of rebuild things next year and then kind of try to get that momentum back that they had. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see and. And I think, you know, people have said, you know, Walt Bell's a, a pretty okay recruiter. So, hey, you know, we'll we'll see how he's able to do or maybe who he's able to bring in. So it's going to be interesting. All right, uh, Dylan Wallace, my guest of the Seymour Tribune. we got to talk just a little bit of high school hoops. The Red Devils of Jeffersonville headed your way tonight. They will play at Lloyd E. Scott Gymnasium. My favorite gym, it doesn't matter if it's uh, November, December, January, February, but especially in the month of March to be in here in Southern Indiana. Uh, Seymour appears to be from early season scores. I talked to Coach Manns the other day off air. They seem to be improved. Uh, this could be, especially if Jeff doesn't have Will Loving's Watts tonight, that's kind of an unknown subject right now. This could be maybe a really good game for the Devils and the Owls to open up Hoosier Hills Conference play. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, as far as everything that I've heard and people I've talked to, Seymour has kind of really been a, a nice surprise. They've been a lot better than people might have thought they would have been. Um, you know, they, they won at Columbus North for the first time since 2007, I think, earlier this year. Um, you know, they, they had a they had a, a double overtime game against Brownstown that they barely lost. But other than that, you know, they've been really solid. They've been picking up some really nice wins. They won at Franklin over over uh, last weekend. So they've they've been off for about a week here. Um, and yeah, you know, they've, they've been really solid. And I think, you know, one of the, the Brownstown head coach, uh, you know, Dave Benner told me this is probably the best Seymour team he's seen in the last 15 years. So uh, that, that says a lot and it should be a pretty exciting game. You know, obviously when you start conference play, uh, it's really fun. So I'm expecting a, a pretty fun game. And, you know, I've seen uh, Will Loving's watch. I saw him on the, you know, in the eight, uh, over the summer one time when I was uh, covering IU basketball, cause he was obviously one of their, the guys they were looking at. So I got to see him play. He was really talented. So, uh, you know, it'd be unfortunate if he can't play, but I'd, uh, it'd be fun to watch him again. So, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, it should be a fun game to open up the Hoosier Hills Conference. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He's kind enough to join us Fridays on the program. Dylan, thank you for the chat today, and we'll talk next week. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, Dylan, always with me on Fridays. We cover a lot of ground with IU basketball and IU football as well. And another texter, this is my buddy, Sean. He sends in uh, – IU has had international interest before. Nobody should forget Ivan Rinko. Of course, uh, we won't forget Ivan Rinko during the Bob Knight days. I don't think there's any question about that. Thank you, Sean, for the funny text. You made me smile when I got that one. Uh, send in your questions and comments for Kyle Nedenrip, 502-414-1450. 502-414-1450 on the Thornton's text line. High school basketball on the Big X tonight, 7-10 is our pregame coverage. Eric Went will join me. We'll have New Albany at Floyd Central, the full play-by-play story for you coming up later this evening. Stay with us. One more segment ahead. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. 
And we're back. Final segment of the week. It's Kyle Dedenrip of the Indy Star with us. We're going to talk some basketball, some recruiting, some high school sports in this segment. And Kyle, last week we saw some interesting scores here in southern Indiana, including New Albany taking Zionsville to overtime before falling to the Eagles. At that point, the Eagles were number two in the state after Cathedral lost. Zionsville bumps up to number one. But from central Indiana, from Indianapolis, you've got a really good vantage point of everything going on across the state. Who are, who is the best team right now in 4A basketball? No idea, <laughs> which, <laughs> which uh, I think will make it a lot of fun, I, honestly. I, I, I mean, I say that jokingly. I think, uh, you know, at this point I'm still putting Cathedral uh, number one uh, but there are some there are some issues, you know, with that. Not issues, I, you know. There are some question marks, I would say, about that team. And you know, I watched them play a Saturday night against Brush, Ohio, out of Cleveland, and they're you know they're loaded with Division One players, uh, you know, going to Rutgers and Ohio, and and you know, the guys who haven't committed yet too on that team. And they, you know, they struggled second half against their length and trying to stop them a little bit and. and trying to figure out their rotation exactly but I would still put them you know on my ballot at least they still haven't lost to an in-state team but you know they did have trouble with Burbuff the night before and it took the last second shot to beat them and and uh, and Billy Smith who's a really good player going to Miami of Ohio on that Burbuff team but you know I think at this point you know Zionsville probably has the best uh, resume to this point and you know they've won uh, several close games including like you mentioned that New Albany game um, you know, and they're finding ways to win, I think, which is uh, important, uh, clearly. And, you know, they beat Carmel, you know, they beat uh, Ben Davis, they beat uh, uh, Westfield. I covered that game the night before the New Albany game, double overtime, just a really, really good game. And, you know, and they, and they have a player, Logan Imes, who's, who is probably a year ahead of where I thought he would be at this point. And, you know, just a you know such a smooth operator and 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 really competitive player, really good player. So, you know, I think all you know, they're probably a little bit ahead of schedule. They may not keep this pace up necessarily, but you know, I I, I had a chance to see Homestead as well, and you know they uh you know they're they're obviously with Fletcher Lawyer, they're going to be in the mix of any game they play and any opponent they run up against and beat beat a really good Carmel team uh, the other night. So you know it's a, it's you know I. It's it's wide open to the extent that you know there are you know, probably ten twelve teams that are really good and I wouldn't say it's wide open throughout four A but uh, you know that that top level I think anybody uh, can beat anybody and that that'll make it fun you know Tech is another team Tech and Fishers are both undefeated right now and you know Tech super explosive type of a team and Fishers has a lot of talent including a young freshman who's been playing really well uh, Jalen Harrelson so you know and and uh, you know, elsewhere around the state, I think, you know, Bloomington North is a team to watch. Um, you know, I think they're a little bit undervalued at this point. We'll see. They play, they have some tougher games coming up, including uh, playing tomorrow at the South Fork uh, event, the tip-off classic, which should be fun. So, you know, we'll see. I think there's a lot of good teams out there. And uh, Anderson kind of a revival, too. They play Tech tonight. That should be a, a really good game. So, you know, there's some good stories out there that uh, are happening and, and uh you know, I think it's going to be sort of a week to week. I think every weekend we're going to have, we're going to come out of it saying, "Wow, I can't believe that happened!" Or you know, look who look who lost look, look who lost uh, Friday and came back Saturday. And so, I think it sets up to be a really interesting uh, season that way, where you know you're going to see some teams get knocked off and already have. We've already seen that. You know, Carmel two losses. Who who thought that going into the season would have happened already? 
All right, uh, Kyle, let's talk a little bit about the Forum Tip-Off Classic. It's become one of the great events in our state to really get the season rolling. It takes place all day Saturday at Southport, and I've got a ton of stuff going Saturday. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it. But if you're just a hoops junkie and you keep up with recruiting, whether it's Indiana or Purdue or whatever it may be, if you can get away for a day and buy, what, a 10 or $12 ticket, you can enjoy all sorts of talent from across the state and beyond. And the only thing that's negative on the schedule this year, there really is no one from our immediate area with New Albany and Silver Creek, Romeo into Kaufman, Wren, and Jacoby. Uh, we were just spoiled having local interest in key games in that event for a number of years. But uh, nonetheless, take us through what you think will be some of the big games. It's just an awesome slate once again. Yeah, you're right. It seemed like Silver Creek was taking up residence at Southport, or up here anyway. They played up here so often, it seemed like. But, uh, yeah, I would say that probably the highlight would be the uh, last game of the night, which is uh, Westfield and Homestead, and it's a Purdue uh, Purdue uh, recruit matchup with Braden Smith of Westfield going up against Fletcher Lawyer uh, from uh, from Homestead. So, you know, should be, you know, not only individual talent, but those are two top ten teams and you know, Matt Painter was there at Brownsburg last week to uh, you know to watch uh, Lawyer and and also uh, Miles Colvin who played and he will play tomorrow as well uh, for Heritage Christian in that event. So you have three you know three high level uh, Purdue recruits in that uh, event tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, the nightcap uh, I, I think is probably a can't miss type game with with Homestead and and Westfield. But really throughout the day you have some some good matchups and it starts at twelve thirty. Uh, Southport has some good young players, juniors. AJ Dantzler is probably the top uh, guy there. He's got some mid-major offers, including Ball State, against uh, Heritage Christian, which is led by Miles Colvin, uh, who I mentioned there, and he is uh, a junior and a young junior who, uh, you know, is really blossoming into a really nice player. Uh, and they have some good players as well. So that should be a both teams looking to get in the win column there, but should be a good game and. Yeah, I mentioned Bloomington North. Uh, their highlight players, J.Q. Roberts, who has an IU offer, uh, Butler, Iowa, um, against Fr- Franklin Central. Uh, their uh, maybe most interesting player is a sophomore, Lina Brooks, who I think will be a you know a Division One player too. He's getting interest already, and uh, they're a good you know good quality team. I think that should be a really good game. I think uh, Bloomington North has some other good players. Nick Kleiber is a a point guard for them who uh, was hurt uh, part of last year and then in the summer. So, you know, he's coming on strong to start the season. He's a senior, and uh, they're a pretty balanced team. Bloomington North is. I, I really like their team uh, overall. Uh, Bar Reeve and Central Noble, uh, probably the highlight there. Uh, and Bar Reeve coming off a, a big win over Bloomington South this week. So that shows you their uh, ability as a 1A team. Uh, Hagen Nepp is their top guy. And then, uh, you know, for uh, uh, Central Noble, they're number one in Class 2A. So this is actually one versus one. I believe Bar Reeves number one uh, in 1A. So, and their top guy, uh, Connor Essigan, is a Wisconsin recruit. So, you know, the, and he's really good. And, and, you know, I think was highly under-recruited up until the summer and things kind of opened up again with the uh, COVID situation. But uh, they play at 3.30, then Attics and Zionsville, mentioned Zionsville, Logan Imes, and Addicts, uh, Christian Nunn is their top guy. They're, they're a very young team, uh, have a lot of young guys in the rotation. And then uh, Cathedral mentioned them as well. They play Covington Covington Catholic at 645. And uh, Cathedral loaded, of course, Xavier Booker and, and uh, Tayshawn Comer and um, Dron Tibbs and Jake Davis are really all kinds of players. Covington Catholic is really good as well. 
Uh, I know they have a Miami of Ohio recruit, another guy getting recruited by uh, some mid-majors as well. So uh, that'll be a tough matchup. So you know, a lot of good games, then Law leading into that 830 game with uh, Westfield and uh, Homestead. So good lineup. Starts at 1230, I want to say, with uh, Homestead and Southport. And then uh, it's pretty much all day. You know, one one uh, ticket you get you in for all the six of those games. All right, great stuff, Kyle Nedriff. What a what a great day of games, a great showcase of basketball from around our state. Uh, I know your focus is statewide with a specific interest in Central Indiana because that's the your, uh, the hub of the Indianapolis Star readership. But uh, New Albany, Floyd Central tonight. That's how we began our show here on this Friday. We'll be at the game tonight with seven ten pregame coverage here on the Big X. Let me get a little uh, Kyle Neddenrip Southern Indiana feel here on this rivalry game tonight. You've been at that one before, I know. I know. That's been uh, – and I'd love to – I'm actually going to go see uh, – I know this doesn't relate to that game, but uh, I'm going to go see Park Heritage, uh, Park Tudor tonight, over unless the tornadoes take me into Kansas or something. But uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that game. And, and uh, But, yeah, those those rivalry games are fun. And I both those teams obviously really good. And, you know, I know uh, Coach Shannon's got a good group there with New Albany that uh, nearly knocked off uh, Zionsville the other night. What a win – you know that that uh, would have been. I know, <laughs> uh, you know, Coach uh, from Coach Al from uh, Zionsville. Right after they beat Westfield, it's like, oh yeah, we got now we got to drive down to New Albany and try to beat those guys. So, you know, they knew what they were getting into, and obviously Caleb Washington for uh, for Floyd Central, a, a really nice player, and uh, Coach Sturgeon always has has a really good group there. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm sure a packed house down there tonight in Southern Indiana. All right, Kyle Nedenrip, the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, thank you. All right, thanks, Matt. That's going to wrap up this Friday program. I'll catch you tonight from Floyd Central High School. Big rivalry game at 710, our pregame coverage. We're back with you Monday as well at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.